Hi, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. Father Anthony joins us today. Here in the, you know, we're in the middle of this Lenten season, and I have uh, some some great topics to talk with him about. And I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, we talk a little bit about some morality questions towards the end of the show. We talk about is talking too much a sin? Uh, we also have a good time talking about uh, some. Uh, maybe me saying some choice words while guarding my pastor at basketball. Uh, I've got some morality questions for priests particularly that I want to get his answers on. Uh, we also talk about uh, some bones that I have to pick with him, being Father Anthony. Uh, we also talk about his trip to Canada and the, the parish mission that he led. And he talks about, he gave a parish mission on the Sacred Heart. And he shares a little synopsis of that with us. I haven't heard anything about the Sacred Heart in quite some time. So I hope that it will be fodder for prayer for you here in this Lenten season. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. We really appreciate it. Without further ado, enjoy today's show. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Sharapa. Hello, priest. Hello, friends. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm Lens glad. I'm that... busy. I'm tired. Yeah. This seems like the happiest and most chillax that you've been on a pod on a recording with me in a while. Well, I did just wake up from a nap, so maybe yeah. maybe that's part of the chill. Also, wearing a very comfy hoodie. It's very gray outside, so I'm just kind of getting comfied in for the day. I have no more priest things to do for the rest of the day, so maybe I'm a little bit more chill right now. So this doesn't count as a priest thing. No, this is this is this is. I don't know why I do this. Um, some lady. So some some of our my parishioners have found your podcast and they watch us on on the YouTube. Hello. And uh, just the other night, night, I was giving a, a talk at the parish, and this one lady comes up to me very nice and says. Wow, that that Taylor really puts you on the spot sometimes. He really he really gets you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. He's a terrible friend. I don't know why I do this show. <laughs> well, uh, I don't I don't know why I do it either, to be honest. Uh, but it is kind of funny because she's talking about putting other like you just admitted that you're not a priest, so I can treat you however I want. <laughs> I did not say I'm not a priest. I said this isn't a priestly is this priestly ministry? I don't know. I don't want to think that hard about it. <laughs> I think it is. I've always thought it was, but uh, I have treated you as well and as badly as I have in the past, like you were a priest on this show. So yeah. if you just are clocked out of being a priest, I'm going to treat you however I want. I came in today thinking I was going to be nice after one thing. I have okay. one singular bone to pick with you. I have three bones to pick, period. One of them is with you. I was going to okay. be mean to you for a little bit and actually specifically be nice to you because I think I have been <laughs> maybe a little uh, less nice over the last few recordings. Are you ready for the, the actual bone that I have to pick with you? Bring it on. So uh, I think that because you have disappeared from the public eye, yeah. um, I have known, and I think the last few episodes that you've been on, this I, I feel like what this has been for you has been some sort of catharsis because you have come in very stressed out and things are going crazy. And the last couple of months, I've uh, we've been very like, let's just get our business done so that he yeah. can go out back and take his nap or whatever he needs. To. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to request that you nap before future recordings. Okay, like getting a different good. person. Um, but um one of two things. I guess the good part in me really wanted you 
to like heal and be healthy and for things to like be less stressful. So like both internally and the external pressures, I wanted you to have some internal healing and the external pressures. And like, that's what I've been praying for. Like for the last couple of months for you, like I've been specifically praying for you. So I either wanted that or I wanted like a complete break because it's incredibly entertaining. And (laughs) my bone to pick comes down to you. We we stayed in the middle for a while and you kind of, not hid, but you were you were being prudent. You were you you came kind of the whole ready to play thing. You're a little you know, maybe maybe an athlete's a little hurt. Maybe you're a little stressed out. But when when we hit record, yeah. you were ready to go, and you mm-hmm. pretended like nothing was wrong. Exactly. Um, and then, and I, I was fine with it. I was fine with it because I was like, ultimately, I want your healing. But if you were going to yeah. break, I wanted it to be with me. <laughs> and you had two psychotic breaks, <laughs> and you used them with Father Harrison. Over yes. clarity speaking, you yes. went absolutely psychotic, and it's the singular most entertaining you've ever been. Those two hours of clerical clerical pod, clerically speaking, yeah. are the most entertaining you have ever been in your life. And it was the breaking point, and it seems like things have gotten better since then. But those two breaking points, yeah, if they were going to happen again, I want to reemphasize: I wanted your healing and for everything to be better. But if you were going to break, I wanted it to be with me on this show, and you cheated on me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had, I guess, last two, maybe not so much the live recording we just did, but two weeks uh, ago. Oh, I don't know. You were yelling at young adults. For, that was too. I was yelling. At, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, so it has been a very, very stressful Lent, and I think that um, what what the people saw in those recordings is what happens when I when I don't care a little bit and that's that's what you got so I think (laughs) yeah I did break I understand that what you're trying to say trying to say like it's good for me to be healthy but if my brain's gonna be broken that's good to happen on your podcast because it makes excellent content broken father Anthony makes excellent content because his filter turns off just a little bit and then stuff goes crazy yeah yeah, and and I felt like I was being a good friend by yeah. being like, hey, just whatever you can bring to the table, whatever you got, I, I'm good with it. Like, we don't have yeah. to drag all this stuff out in the mud. And then you drag it in the mud without me. And I felt like all the good stuff I've been doing, all the prayers I've been saying, all the like, I've mm-hmm. been a little kinder, I think, over the last few months than maybe normal. Who knows? I've Who been knows? trying to be a nice, good friend from a distance because I feel sure. like you've just been so stressed out. I've been trying to keep my distance. Yeah. And then you just go and it just stabbed me in the heart because and how I felt stabbed in the heart okay. was I'm like maniacally laughing at how yeah. funny it is. Mm-hmm. Like you're you bringing me joy brought me no joy. Wow. <laughs> That's complicated. <laughs> Here's a couple of things that you said, just okay. it, for the three people that listen to this show and not clearly speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even if you had, if you did, it was fun for me to reminisce. Okay. Um, I know there's a couple of things where you said, so Nick Sarapa, your brother, uh, has been mm-hmm. updating us and uh, updating you guys. Y'all been updating people. There's about 10,000 people listening every week to clerically speaking, which is sure. incredible, right? Yeah. Um, and all in one episode, y'all did like a little, like a little humble brag at the beginning. Like, you know, we, we got to take this seriously. We got 10,000 people listening to us every week. Mm-hmm. And then about 30 minutes later, you started yelling at, not about, you started yelling at all of the atheists listening to Clerically Speaking. Yes. Of the 10,000 people that listened to your Catholic podcast hosted by two Catholic priests, how many atheists do you think you were yelling at? 
You know, that's a good question. I am shocked that anyone listens to the ramblings of, of two regular priests. There's nothing special about me or Father Harrison. Um, oh, there's something atheists? special about both of you, and I don't think it means the way that you think it means. <laughs> Y'all okay, are both okay. very special boys. <laughs> you know what? I I hope a lot. I actually, you know what? Going, I hope all 10,000 are atheists and they all heard me. That's what I hope. They might be after those last couple of episodes. <laughs> all hope is lost. The priests are losing it. <laughs> Here's another thing that you said. Um, you, you said something. You yelled something about um, people not wearing ties to funerals. I don't yeah. wear ties to funerals, so I thought that was funny that it just applied to me. Sure. You were like, oh, all these people are going to hell. I'm like, okay, see you there. You know? Yeah. Um, um, my, this is one of my favorite ones. This is a Father Harrison quote in the middle of one of your little manic psychotic break episodes, right? Yeah. I want you to see if you even remember what your answer was. I even okay. texted it to you, so you can't look at it now, but I, okay. I have pointed this out, okay? He said, uh, after about 10, 15 minutes into one of your rants, probably yelling at the atheists or yeah. people not wearing ties or whatever. Yeah. So essentially me, <laughs> <laughs> yes. atheists that don't wear ties. Yeah. Um, he said to you in a quiet pastoral tone, maybe be merciful to you. Yeah. You know what your answer was? <laughs> maybe be merciful. I mean, no, no, I don't remember what I said. You don't remember what you said? No. Well, you just said it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just said no. <laughs> he said, maybe be merciful. And you quickly said no. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life for a Catholic priest to be told hey, by another Catholic priest, hey, maybe yeah. you should be merciful. And it's not even like a, hmm, maybe I should think about that. Just no. <laughs> just no. No. There was no more mercy left. I said, this is some of the best podcasting I've heard in a while. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, I didn't give any specifics. I just screenshotted where I was listening. I said, you're broken and it's hilarious, hilariously entertaining. And you said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my only bone to pick with you is that. That's fair. I I wanted you to be healthy. And Mm -hmm. clearly my prayers didn't work. So maybe I was a little hurt and that part's not your fault. Sure. But I was a little, I was a little upset that it happened uh, when we've been hiding that fact for months. It's, it's like we've been repressing and repressing and repressing, and I wanted it to either be fully repressed yes. or explode here with me. <laughs> well, next time I'll try to tie my mild psychotic break to be the once a month show that we do. Yeah, I was talking with Father Harrison about it. It's something to the effect of like, uh, or because I kept, I kept tweeting out quotes from you in those two episodes and quoting father harrison on clerical pod and your brother and uh your riley were, were retweeting it and father yeah. harrison was like you know commenting back and forth and i was he's like yeah i tried to 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 contain him i'm like that's not the job let him go he tried and he failed he definitely yeah. failed it was very very funny okay that's all of my bones to pick with you but i okay, do cool. have two, two other bones to pick yeah one is very silly because i only had two bones at the beginning um as you know i work with audio the whole a whole audio editor audio engineer however you want uh you want to know what's driving me crazy currently uh what uh so there's we're, we're in the middle of spring we're recording this in spring break and there's a bunch of trees that are slowly starting to uh you know grow again because spring yeah. is happening here in, in, in central texas 
I'm currently remember last time when I thought last episode where I thought I was gonna die because there was a yeah. man staring at me through this window. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember yeah, that, that was vividly. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I dream about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but currently, I'm looking at about like I mean, roughly like a thousand to fifteen hundred birds. Currently, like I'm looking at them. And they're just living in these trees. And I'm like, where did you come from? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Like, I don't know where they came from, but they're so loud. And there have been multiple recordings. Like, I am trying to talk very loud yeah, because I feel like people are just hearing birds chirping. That's <laughs> right okay. now. They're quiet at the moment, which makes me sound like a crazy and insane person. But when yeah. we first started this recording, all of her cheep, 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 so annoying. <laughs> Now, you said there's like 10,000 birds outside and you're looking at them. Are they all staring back at you? Because that would be terrifying. <laughs> no, they're not. Every time I move my head slightly, they move their head slightly. They're exactly. just yeah, my no, head that would be totally creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just all waiting right. for you to come outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, my, they're just pick up my kids. <laughs> fly away. <laughs> fly away. <laughs> <laughs> my final bone to pick. It's something we're recording this a few days early, so we are currently recording on St. Patrick's Day. You're not wearing oh, yeah. any green. I'm I'm currently pinching you through the through the camera. I think I think I got a green shirt on. Is that visible? No. Is, is it is it dark green? Is it? Yeah, well, but not, you're wearing I'm, blue. So I I am. Okay. I, because what? this actually kind of goes with the point. Apparently, the Catholic Church thinks that rules don't matter. Oh, absolutely. Or that they're just absolutely made up. Uh. I I can't tell you how frustrated I am. There should just be one rule for Catholics. Okay. Like, not meaning just one rule, like one rule to rule them all, right? Yeah. But, like, if there is a rule for Catholics, it should apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I literally, it's just, it's just this thing that's been floating around. If you're listening to this, it's been about a week, and I'm probably still mad about it currently as you are listening to this. But there's a map, and it says, where are U.S. Catholics allowed to eat meat on St. Patrick's Day in 2023? And if you're in a dark green area, mm-hmm. it means yes. And I'm looking at the map right now. I'm probably showing it to people on, on YouTube, right? But even yeah. if you're listening to audio, uh, maybe about 30 to 40% of the nation can eat meat. Yeah. The other like 30-ish percent absolutely not no. And some mm-hmm. of these are in the same state where yeah. it's just oh, like yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. can eat meat, you can't eat meat. Um the worst ones there's about I don't know 20-ish percent of yes but and then the but isn't explained. <laughs> just like, uh, yes, yeah. but like I saw one literally. It was like a joke. It's like, you know, because bishops can say, oh, yeah, we, we give you dispensation to not fast on a or uh, whatever fast of saying on a Lenten Friday. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, but you can you, you no meat, no bacon, but you can eat corned beef. It doesn't make sense. These are all made up rules. And why can't why? Do, I don't understand. I have friends that are traveling this week and they I'm they can't they can eat meat in one diocese and not in another. I'm currently five minutes from the line to Diocese of Tyler and to Diocese of Houston. I'm in the Diocese of Austin, and you're telling me that I can eat bacon here, but I can't go have fajitas in the other one? It's all dumb and it makes me so angry. Why is Catholicism so confusing? <laughs> okay, so I mean, I don't know if you really want like the one rule. 
for each like thing because what if that one rule was like you know what celibacy that's the one rule for everybody everyone no no more babies well, <laughs> you know you don't well, want the, the good thing about Catholics the good thing about Catholics is we're all going to break the rules anyway. So what does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I used to care about this a lot, but I can't anymore. I don't have enough like care in me to care about this anymore. Basically bishops can decide whether or not certain rules, uh, they can dispense of certain rules, right? So if, the bishop wants to make all of makes the if the bishop wants to make the Irish mafia in his diocese happy, he <laughs> says you can eat meat on on this Friday, and it's whatever. Who cares? And then some, you know. So actually, it depends. Um, there's a good chance that if your bishop has dispensed of the obligation of eating meat on this Friday, it would actually apply to you even if you travel. Um, so it, it it can be incredibly complicated what what rules they are. Um, I'm I'm allowed to eat meat. I'm just not going to. Because, you know, I hate the Irish and I'm not going to celebrate their day. Um, <laughs> you you hate America. the Irish and you're not obeying your bishop. Good day for you. Father I am Anthony. not accepting my bishop's <laughs> permission. He's like, you may eat meat. And I said, no, no, no. I may not. <laughs> Which is more like actually like passive aggressive and pathetic, really. Um, <laughs> you're, you're like yeah. a real uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I refuse <laughs> to eat the king's meat. <laughs> I think it's a terrible idea, economically speaking, because we all up here in the Northeast, we all have fish fries. And you're set, you're like putting our fish fries out of business for one of the weeks of the year. It's a big fundraiser. Shame on these bishops for not thinking about money. They think about money all the time and now they don't. See, that's more confusing and aggravating to me. Like they're going to do the bishop's annual appeal in like whatever, a few weeks or whatever. And like, no, why would you, why do you get money when you killed our fish fries? Shame on you. It's like that's uh, what I care about. It's like money. political campaigns. They're like, hey, yeah. we promise to do all this stuff, and then they won't do it whenever they get elected. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, the bishop's appeal's coming up. So who's the largest majority of people? If we have a lot of Irish, then you can eat corned beef on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> if we have, uh, if the Italians are running the fish fry, but they're a small yeah. minority, we don't need to worry about them. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. That's What's what this mm -hmm. map is. This map that I'm holding, I thought it was just about fasting or not fasting. It's really about where the Irish are in charge and where the Italians are. It's in about charge. it's about <laughs> Irish power. In the church which has gone unheeded for far too long the fact that we we don't understand this is this is a great blight on the church the irish influence my entire catholic school was wearing green for stations of the cross today i was disgusted disgusted by them did you assert any italian dominance <laughs> uh, i kind of begrudgingly said the prayers for saint patrick today but i didn't like it <laughs> All these nice, pious old ladies wearing like green scarves and stuff. Ugh, it was the worst. I, I did not. I'm not wearing green today, but I did just watch uh, a couple. I, I've been watching a lot of Irish things recently, and I didn't even think about it. Like it was, it was more leading up to the Oscars. Did you hear about? Did you pay attention to the Oscars at all? Did you? See I am vaguely aware movie? that Brendan Fraser got an Oscar and um, Short Round. Indiana Jones got an Oscar. He sure did. He sure did. For uh, what movie? What movies were those? Let's see if this is some some non-Catholic. No, actually, you. you know what? I am weirdly up to date. Uh, the Whale, I think, was Brendan Fraser. Yep. I have not seen it. Correct. I did see Everything Everywhere All at Once. You saw that? Uh, I did see it. Oh, that's cool. If I hadn't already done a Catholic perspective on it, we we, we could have done that. I didn't know you saw oh, that. I have to watch it because I both loved it and hated the movie very much. It was very. Um, 
that movie is very Malcolm Gladwell to me. I may not understand. Uh, I may not agree with everything that it said, but it got me to think more than almost anything else. That's how I feel with okay. Malcolm Gladwell's podcasts and books. It's how I felt with everything everywhere all at once. I thought they brought up a tremendous problem that I think humanity is agreeing or, or is, is dealing with. And uh, we have a whole video about it that you can click on. I'll, okay. put it down I'll just say this off my chest. It was incredibly well made, well acted, a lot of ridiculous stuff. And at parts I laughed out loud. But at the end of the day, I, I just am. I find any answer to nihilism that is it, it, you can't answer nihilism with just like human will and choosing to be nice. And I think that was the that was like the answer of the movie. And that's never satisfying to me because I don't think it works. Yeah. Um, but it was a good movie. Worth a watch. Yeah, it's the it's the the, the problem was right. And the, and the problem yes. that they addressed for two and a half hours was mm-hmm. right. And mm-hmm. but then if you try to answer that problem ultimately without God, then, yes, it kind of falls. Apart. Yeah. There we go. Um, but uh, the Irish one, did, so I had never heard about this movie until the Oscars were coming out. I really wanted RRR to win. It wasn't even nominated. It, it, for those that watched the Oscars last weekend, it was uh, the Natu Natu song that got really popular. It won Best New Song of the Year or whatever that category is called. But it should have won Movie of the Year. It's the, it was the best movie I saw all year. And this, like you said, that you were weirdly like up to date. I yeah. was weirdly up to date. I don't know if there's an Oscars that I've ever like watched more than one of the like best picture nominations. Yeah. I'm usually like, what are these? Right. There's only a couple of those this year. But one of them that I had never heard of until it got nominated was Banshees of Inishirin. Have you heard about this? Have you watched this no. at all? So it's it's Irish and it's Colin Farrell and the guy that played Mad Eye Moody in in uh Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. Um it's a story about them and their friendship and they live on this island right off the coast of Ireland. Uh, they live on an island off the coast of Ireland. I couldn't. I don't. I didn't know if I had those words right. Ireland, yeah. But uh, it was essentially the the two characters were the two sides in the Irish Civil War. It was oh, just wow. about their friendship. It, it was just really, really well done, uh, yeah. and I liked it a lot. And like I've been learning. It made me learn more about the Irish Civil War uh, mm-hmm. and about like Ireland. Like even now, it's like two countries, Ireland and Northern Ireland, and their, their relationship with Britain. Like I, I still don't fully grasp it, but I've learned a lot more in the last couple of weeks because of that show and Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Have you ever watched Peaky Blinders? No, I have not. <laughs> is it good? incredible <laughs> i mean just such a great show and it's one of those shows it is like a show absolutely made for like dudes like like it's not like incredibly inappropriate there's some inappropriate same thing with banshees there's a lot of sure. uh, uh naughty words or whatever right but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was a really good movie and i liked it i liked it a lot um so i i'm not wearing green but i have gotten a lot of irish in this week i guess that counts I guess so. Um, okay. Well, um, I yeah, I was, I was mad about the, I was mad about the birds. I was yeah. mad at your psychotic break without uh-huh. me, and yeah. I was mad about Catholics being so weird and the rules not making any sense at all. So uh, that's really all I wanted to get off my chest. That's what this was was just really getting things off of my chest. But when we come back, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor, and we're gonna talk about uh, a parish mission that you led, and see if uh, if uh, you can speak to my heart at all. It's a little. Little joke just for you until everybody else gets in here in a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Today's episode sponsor is Adore Ministries, my friends over based out in the Houston area. I grew up uh, looking up to a lot of Adore uh, missionaries uh, like uh, Annie Hickman and Paul George. And now they are run by one of my other friends, Jonathan Alexander, and they're doing great work. They've done great inner city youth ministry for a very long time. And I've got some good friends over there. Uh, They're a Catholic domestic missionary group that serves marginalized communities in Houston, Texas. They're meeting a need in the church of accompanying and forming middle school and high school youth who are the loneliest generation, especially those in overlooked communities. I know that they've done a lot of work like in the third and fifth ward in in Houston, which uh, really needs some help. Uh, They have opened up applications for their six-week summer internship in Houston. This internship is perfect for college students and young adults that want to go on mission and build the resume and gain some skills. We've had, I've had a a ton of friends of mine, some former, from former teens, some other Catholic podcasters who have done this summer internship and really, really enjoyed it. Um, You'll receive professional and spiritual formation and also become a part of the, of of the Adore Adore family, all in the radical pursuit of holiness. It'll be a summer filled with prayer, growth, my favorite tacos, and community in a ton of fun. Uh, anybody can apply from all over the country. They take care of your housing while you are in town for the summer in Houston. So if you are interested in this internship or you know a young person that would, again, primarily college age or uh, like right out of college, uh, if you want to check it out. Also, they do have full-time uh, positions available for youth ministry. So if this is a mission that you want to get behind and you're a little bit older than that, but want to want to serve the, the church and uh, the marginalized communities in this way, you can do all of that at adoreministries.com. Uh, the final what is the word deadline for uh, summer intern applications is April 20th. Again, that's adoreministries.com. The link is down in the description. Welcome back to Fort Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Scaramucci Sharapa. We got Scaramucci here on finally back to Scaramucci on St. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's Day recording. There you go. Um, so I got something in the mail recently that I'm very excited about. Okay. I got my new passport finally that I finally sent away Yay, for, for, for our trip to for Rome us. in a few months. <laughs> yes. That's great. Uh, I don't understand mm-hmm. how it works because... Italy or passports? Yeah. Because Italy doesn't work. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how many people work in the Vatican? About half. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I got my new passport. It has a new picture of me. You know, my, my previous passport was 12 years ago. So I had hair and I was good looking. And mm-hmm. now I feel like they're helping me out because I sent them a new picture where I look like this. Yeah. And it's like almost completely blurred out. <laughs> I don't understand how it's a legal picture. It's like it's got stuff all over. It, it looks like a thumbprint on top of it, which... I didn't give them, but they probably have anyway. You know, yeah. like, I don't understand how this passport's going to get me anywhere, and I'm honestly kind of worried about it. Well, I, I so I also have a brand new passport. I tested it; it does work. I went to Canada with it, uh, but yeah, it's now more like technology. Like they have to scan it in a weird way. They kind of look at your face for two seconds. So I don't know. It's more like I think there's probably what isn't there microchips in all of our brains anyway that they know where we're going. So this is just a formality. Yeah. I guess that's it because it really confused me. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, good news about the Rome trip. We we, yeah. we met our minimum. We're going yes. to Rome. It's happening. We're going we to Rome. It's happening. We're, we're going. I, 
I don't know if I'm going. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to go, but I yeah. might show this passport. They're going to be like, sir, you're not a ghost. You can't come. <laughs> <laughs> you're not nearly the sparkly in real life. <laughs> right, exactly. It's very funny. And like the funniest one is like when I, because like when I, so, sometimes I have big whole beards a lot. And a lot of times now I have like the Heisenberg uh, goatee. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I clean shave. I, I've never seen law enforcement people more confused i've watched detective shows where they have none of the clues they have more of an idea of going of what's going on than if my face facial hair doesn't currently match whatever idea i'm showing throws them off they're like sir this is not you this is a 23 year old woman i'm like no it's not it's me (laughs) (laughs) they get very confused and it's very funny but yeah uh you did mention that you tested yours out because uh, you not having a passport in time for a trip uh, was a thing we've all made fun of you for for about a year. And yep. I almost did it. Like, I legitimately ju- – we're in March. We're going to Rome in June. And uh, I, I just got my passport, like, yesterday, so two days ago. Uh, but you went up to, to Canada, and you were, you were uh, doing some things up there. Tell us about Canada. Yeah, so um, it's something that we <laughs> tried to do last year, didn't work out. But I did a parish mission uh, at Father Harrison's uh, parish, uh, St. Peter's up in Nyanamo, Nyanamo, whatever. It's it's a fake that's what, town that's in what, Canada. No, that's not how it is. That's what you yell when you're doing a cannonball into the pool. Nyanamo! <laughs> Nanaimo. Nanaimo. It's Nanaimo. Anyway, bless you. it's all the way out in British Columbia, west coast of Canada, and uh, gave uh, three talks. Um Two with mass, two one right before mass. Uh, and I gave it on the well, sort of on the sacred heart. So that's what I did. So you s- sort of did it on the sacred heart. What does yeah. that mean? What does so, the like, sort of mean? That's what I want to know more. I, yeah. Earlier, I cared about the sacred heart. Now I want to know how you sort of give a mission on the sacred heart. Yeah, because it's sort of in the sense that it had nothing to do with the devotion to the sacred heart. Like um, Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque. I actually began the talk by saying. Um, just so you guys know, I know nothing about St. Margaret Mary Alacoque or the devotion to the Sacred Heart um, because I didn't do it on the actual devotion. I did it on the image of the Sacred Heart. So a, pr- a talk was broken into three different talks. And I chose three different aspects of the image of the Sacred Heart. And everyone can, can visualize this in their mind. Um, the first talk was on uh, the fire of the Sacred Heart. Second one was on the crown of thorns of the Sacred Heart. And the third one was on um, the pierced uh, side. Of the sacred heart so i kind of went talked about those images and how they reveal god's love for us in this image of uh the sacred hearts so that was kind of the the format if you will uh of of, of the parish mission okay so i have follow-up questions because i hear fire around a heart and i just think of heartburn and we just yep. take some pepsi ac i'm mm-hmm. guessing that's not the direction you went uh, i thought about it though i did, did not make any heartburn jokes i stopped myself from doing it because i'm like i'm above that I'm not, you... but they all know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they all know that. Uh, it's because you were above where you currently live. You exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes, to a higher station in the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So day one, I want to know mm-hmm. the. I, I, I want to know like the, the three main bullet points from from days one, two, and three. Day one, you talked about the fire around the Sacred Heart. I I, I, I want to have a good Lent, and it's. It's not going bad and it's not going great. And I want to see if anything that uh, you have is going to be fodder for my Lented prayer. Okay. Let's see how well I remember this talk I wrote. Uh, so I used a lot of uh, the imagery from um, uh, Moses and the burning bush. The same idea that the heart is on fire, but it's not consumed. When you look at the sacred heart, it's not like charcoal black, right? 
And so the idea is that the fire of love that Christ uh, has for us uh, can never be um, cons- they can never be used up. When we burn candles, they get used up. When we burn firewood, it gets used up. And I think we can often think that eventually Jesus is going to be tired out by us. That yes, maybe when we started our conversion or when we were praying really well, um, the fire that love like warmed us, gave us strength. But eventually, that's going to run out because I'm such a terrible sinner. And the point is like, no, it literally can't, and it never does. Um, and then I kind of talked about the process of purification, um, how in the beginning, or like when we we're kind of just getting started in our spiritual life, and we start to be really converted, we immediately feel uh, the warmth very often of Christ's presence in prayer, in our actions. I think we all have a very sunny mindset of when we first really turn toward the Lord. Uh, but after that, it seems to change. And the reason is, is because we're invited to take off our shoes, take off our sandals, go to a more vulnerable place and grow closer to the fire, the presence of God. And when you do that, at first, there's often a lot of pain um, because you are more aware of your sinfulness. Maybe you experience the pain of um, dryness in prayer, of struggles in prayer. You realize you're not as holy as you thought you were. And it can feel like God's farther away because oftentimes prayer and the spiritual life and being Catholic can be painful in that the thing is you're actually growing closer to god um even if it doesn't feel like it but you're being purified through these trials through the um difficulties um and through basically you know endurance in this uh, spiritual life um, but as you draw closer you get more and more purified and then the the warmth comes back anew um, so it's kind of like an encouraging thing like if you've fallen away from your spiritual life know that it doesn't necessarily mean that God's farther away. God's never farther away from us. Sometimes he feels farther away for lots of different reasons, but he's not. Um, so just kind of encouraging that, like, I kind of went through stages of the spiritual life and um, the fact that God's love does not run out for you. That was kind of like the first night. I also shared some stories of, um, was that that night or the night, like of my own conversion experience. So I was telling kind of stories about that as well. That was very good. Like, it was so good that now I'm mad at you again. Okay. Like, that's how good it was. And it was like genuinely something that I needed to hear. Okay. Um, but now I'm mad because once again, you're using your good content for Harrison. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, he did pay me for that content. That was paid content, you know? <laughs> it was funny. I was like, I literally, I was like, I just need to get it off my chest and we'll have a great show. Yeah. And then you gave this like incredible two and a half minute version of this homily talk or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I needed to hear today. And again, it's it's great and it's perfect, but I'm mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think it's really good. I, I, as you were talking, I was I was like, okay, where's my fire at? Because I don't think my fire right now. And like I've given a talk around about fire before, and like all the things that you need. For, you know, typical youth ministry thing. All what do you need yeah. for fire? You need oxygen. You need fuel. You need proximity. Like all all that kind of stuff, right? And I was thinking about it. It's like I think my I, I'm far enough into my spiritual life that very rarely is the light going out anymore like the fire right. completely but i literally for the first time in my life as you were talking i pictured like i was i was just spending some time at the parish we have an, uh th- this coming weekend this past weekend if you're listening to it is our parish's 150th anniversary of being a parish oh, that's and fun. so there's there's like a lot of people in the kitchen like I, i've been up at the parish helping out with a bunch of different stuff and you know like have you ever seen like the industrial i guess some people have it at the houses too but i've only ever seen it in like industrial kitchens so like yeah. at when I worked in a restaurant or at the church, like the little pilot light. 
Oh, yeah. 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 That is like always lit for gas, like the big industrial gas stove. Yeah, it better so, like, be always lit. Sometimes it's not, and that causes problems. It happened in my parish. Anyway, nothing blew up, yeah, but yes, pilot Yes, ice. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, at my first parish, it was my job to make sure. I literally sat in there for like an hour breathing in the fumes so that nobody would light a fire because ironically enough they're about to have the fish fry and i had to tell them to start the fish fry an hour late because if they would have lit a match it would have blown up but um i feel like like my faith right now has been like that little pilot light of just Mm -hmm. like the fire's on it's not growing it's not going out it's not dwindling it's not going out but it's just like i'm helping (laughs) i just have a uh i didn't even plan this pun there's just a lot of irons in the fire right now, right? There's just a lot going on where it's like I haven't been able to give like my full focus to Lent and growing in Lent. It's like there's just it's just been busy. Um so I like the thing where you're like, you know, you know, uh no no matter how whether you're doing great or you're doing terrible or anywhere some kind of in the middle, which is probably where I am right now. Yeah. Uh his fire is not burning out. Yes. It's not burning me up, and I like that. When you said like the, the heart isn't charcoal, and I was like, it's not. That would be weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, night two. I already forgot what you said. I already crown right, of thorns. Right. Crown okay. of thorns. Oh, oh, oh! It was funny because all I could remember in my mind was stabby, and day two and three are both very stabby. They're both stabby days, <laughs> indeed. Days of days of stabby stab. Um, so that I talked about um, Christ um, choosing to suffer for us. Um, uh once again uh, like the first two nights the, the idea is like was just to encourage people like god really does love you because more and more i think that's that's what we really need to hear like if you're going to mass nowadays if you're going to a talk at a parish on a tuesday nights like th- th- your faith is there right you you believe and you might be in different places in your belief but i think all of us now with how crazy things are um need encouragement so um christ being unashamed of his wounds and we see that uh, Christ is almost like grossly unashamed of his wounds. Um, like whenever we get a wound, we cover it up with bandages and stuff. But Christ in the resurrection is like, hey, want to touch something weird? And he like holds up yeah, his hand in his side. It's like super, super forward about such, it. Such a bro. Yeah. Look at my scars. <laughs> yeah. Guys, guys, you can, you can stick your hand right scars in my side. Scars <laughs> remind me that the past is real. <laughs> Okay, um, because all those are uh, proof of his unending love for us. He's not ashamed of those, um, uh, you know, because a lot sometimes maybe you've heard this before, but like it was our sins that crucified the Lord, our sins that drove nails into his hand. And there's, you know, that's not wrong. That's true. But sometimes we forget that we didn't force God to be crucified. He chose to be crucified. No one could put him on the cross except for himself. That he was willing to suffer all of that. And he doesn't do so begrudgingly. Sometimes we have this idea that God is like guilt tripping us into loving him. Because uh, we hear it kind of like all the time. Like, you know, Christ died for you, so you better love him back. That's like weirdly manipulative. But sometimes we can have that view of God. Or maybe if you say the one act of contrition that ends, um, Lord Jesus Christ, your son Jesus Christ suffered and died for us in his name, my God have mercy. And when I hear people say that in the confessional, it's almost like they're saying, like, they're trying to make themselves feel more sad about their sins. That's not the point of that phrase. The reason why you're saying to God the Father that your son Jesus Christ suffered and died for us 
is for us to have more confidence that God is going to forgive us. After all Christ did, of course the Father is going to forgive us. He's going to honor the sacrifice of his son. He loves us so much he's going to do that. And I kind of talked about the different ways that we um, experience sadness in the spiritual life as well. Um, how sometimes, you know, we we watch the passion of the Christ in order to make ourselves feel more sad <laughs> at Lent. Um, and what's good and what's bad about that. But the main point was that, is that like, um, that the reason why the, the image of the heart, Sacred Heart has the crown of thorns, is to remind us that God chose this and he does not regret his decision. He does not regret suffering and dying for us. In fact, he wears that crown of thorns as a source of pride in what he's done because we were worth saving. And the crown of thorns, even though it's piercing his heart, um, really is a crown of glory for him. So we should have all the more confidence when we go into the confessional. So I spoke a lot about confession that day. So that was kind of the gist of that second day, Christ choosing to freely suffer for us. All right. I had a very different uh, different experience, which is was pretty typical at like mission nights. Like, yeah. like one night, I'm like, oh, that was great and perfectly what I needed to hear. Um, and may, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my initial thoughts after hearing this. And maybe you answered this in the full yeah. talk and I just got the abridged version, yeah. but, um, we all know that I'm a broken person. That's, that's pretty, pretty, uh, my, my brain is broken. My heart is broken. My, uh, morality is broken. Everything's broken. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting here as a broken person hearing you talk about, uh, the crown of thorns on the heart. And you didn't once explain why a heart has a crown when crown of thorns go on the head. And that was my only question the whole time, like coming into the, into the topic, why is the crown of thorns that was on his head on his heart? Because like fire around his heart. It's like, we're not our hearts burning within us. We need to have a fire of love for God. That makes sense. Uh, it piercing the sides. Like, I don't know if the, the lance on the cross pierced his heart. I mean, know it pierced his side. Maybe it did. Maybe it, it didn't could have gotten there. It could have gotten there, yeah, right? Blood, blood, but you, yeah. you know what didn't get there? What? The crown of thorns. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I guess I I did sort of explain this in the first talk because like talking about the heart as a symbol in a sense that like the heart reveals the, the symbol of the heart in, in. So when we think about the heart, we normally think about the emotional center of our lives, right? We think about that's where you love. That's where you feel sadness. Um, our brains are kind of like our intellectual center. That's where we think and stuff. That's how we choose things. And then our soul is kind of like our true self. But in um, uh, you know, Israel of the time and in the ancient world of the time, um, and you know, biblically speaking, the heart represented all of that. So the heart was this image for um, your will, the place where you thought, the place where you imagine, the place where you feel, the place where you choose. It's, it's kind of like the symbol of who you are. So Christ having the crown of thorns around his heart is showing us that this crown of suffering um, reveals something deep about who he is so it's symbolically there it wasn't it wasn't actually there but like when he's showing us his heart he's showing us who he is and one of the images he chooses to have around his heart is this crown of thorns what does that mean all the stuff i just said is that helpful it, it is the the part that you said about the heart being the heart back then being the combination of the 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 mind and the heart mm -hmm. of like what yeah. we understand now that made it click because I've, I've seen that image my whole life and I've yeah. never understood it. I've, I've just always been like, 
what? Like, what? What are they? Why are we doing this? What, that seems kind of gratuitous. Like, why is there also a crown and it's on fire and it's like, what's going on here? This is too right. much. Too much. Just beating a dead heart. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kick him while he's down. You know, like yeah. let's put a lance through it and fire and a crown of thorns on it. Mm-hmm. You did this. Like that's literally kind of all I ever thought about. Right. Um. But having the the crown of thorns being in the in the heart representing mm-hmm. his feelings and his intellect yeah. and his will all of that because it's like feelings at least in gethsemane he wasn't really feeling it right yeah. uh his will because of his feelings his will didn't want to do it but he willed it anyway from mm-hmm. from his will and his intellect did understand like this is yeah. literally what i came here to do right so like mm-hmm. the unifying symbol of all that being the heart actually does make it make sense for the first time in my 33 years of life life Boom. life yeah um okay uh my uh, you already know my first question before you even go uh, i've always heard i've always heard jesus get pierced in the side to you know pokey pokey make sure that he's actually dead right and they don't have yeah. to they don't have to crush his legs or whatever like that's a famous thing that we'll hear here in a few weeks yeah i've never heard or even thought i i didn't think they were stabbing him in the heart so mm-hmm. again this might be the you might have just answered this with the previous answer to my previous question but is there a belief that jesus was stabbed in the heart from like f- actually physically or is it again representing who he is um i think there is now i'm not so sure about this um I think, you know, symbolic, like your heart is actually kind of closer to the center mass of where you're at. It's not like really off to the side, like we imagine it very often. So, you know, stabbing right there up into, up into the Jesus, like, yeah, there's a good chance they hit the heart. Like, it's just like the Jesus. That was a great sentence. (laughs) Um, So like, it's a reasonable thing that I think there are some people talk about, like, there's actually like a, like a pocket of fluid, like around the heart. So like the water coming from his side would have come from that spot as well. You know, like medically speaking, I don't know the details of that. I'm not a scientist. I'm a priest. Um, so no, you're not of... a priest. You're just Anthony for this hour. <laughs> I just <laughs> click. No more priest. Yeah. Priest. Yeah. Power Clock down. out. <laughs> Clock back in. And when we're yeah. done with our final segment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so whatever works. <laughs> like I think that I think it's I've always imagined it hitting his heart. Like that's I've never that's really? I've always assumed it hit his heart. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just always I just never thought about it. I've just always I just never heard it. I've again, I've seen this picture and I never right. thought like, "Oh, that's because he was stabbed in the heart on the cross." I just always thought it was like his side. Like literally in my mind what they were checking was like because if you get stabbed in the tummy, you're going to move. Like, yeah, you're going to wiggle. Yeah. Like l- literally that's what kind of what I thought was like Yeah. If we stab him and he doesn't move, it proves that he's dead. I didn't think they went all the way up into his chest cavity. So. Yeah. I've always assumed that he did. I've never something I've thought that deeply about. Interesting. Because um, I've always I've also been confused by this. This is my one Taylor moment. It's like, is stabbing someone in like the 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 side any more difficult than taking a hammer and breaking their legs? Why why is that the easier thing to choose? Oh, oh, Yes, Anthony. Yes, is it? I don't know. I think yes, it's a little If you were here in this room right now, you know how easy it would be for me to stab you in the abdomen. You I know how it hard it would be for me to break your knees. <laughs> I don't know if I was standing still and you had a big hammer. Yes, like little one little stabby movement. You're dead, or you're at 
least in a lot of pain, I would yeah. like need to get a sledgehammer and like swing as hard as I could. Yes, it's harder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, I haven't done either of those things. <laughs> Have you ever accidentally cut yourself on something? Yeah, but that's Have like... Have you ever like... broken your knee? <laughs> Wait a second. Because, like, what if, like, there's a lot? I don't know. I just, I figured it, it would take some oomph to stab up into, like, the heart no, area of the I, body. Like, That's why I'm thinking. Literally, it comes down to are bones stronger than skin? No. <laughs> well, you get jammed up in there. There's a bunch of stuff in the way. And then it gets caught in a rib or something. I don't know. I, I never mind. I chose to be nice to you earlier. I think, I think you're go. the I'm weird one go. for thinking about this too hard. I think uh, this is. You totally brought it up. Just- Okay, let's get to what did you actually say? You've answered my silly question. What did you actually say about Jesus being stabbed in the heart or whatever? Okay, so the image, I focused on the image of uh, the blood and water pouring from his side, uh, pouring from his heart, the birth of the church. That's what the church fathers often say, like water representing baptism, blood representing Eucharist, kind of like the two big sacraments um, of the church. The other sacraments are also very important, but... You know, the Eucharist is a source and some of our faith. Baptism is what makes us Christian. So it's kind of like if you're going to pick two, those are the ones you're going to pick. Yeah. Um, and so I talked about how, you know, these different ways. The first two nights were about like how God loves you and proofs of his love through these symbols. And uh, basically, the, the, there was a shift in the third talk saying now you have to be proof of God's love. And so I talked about the church and um, how, you know, I gave a story about my first conversion experience um seeing uh in adoration when i was in like high school um and you know a lot of times when i give that talk i focus on the fact that jesus was present in the eucharist i had you know a powerful prayer experience but also what brought me to that powerful prayer experience were all the ccd teachers good and bad who taught me that the bread is jesus but also brought me there were those parent volunteers who brought us to that retreat who i don't remember like in different ways in ways I didn't appreciate when I was in high school, because no one appreciates anything in high school, um, is that like they were the church and they were showing me God's love as well. So um, it was last was quite more of an uh, admonition. And I talked about like they are a small diocese. They have, I think, 17 active priests. Right. And I shared a little bit about everything going on in my diocese, how you know we went from 200 parishes to 60. Um, and I basically said, like, uh, you you guys first need to love each other. Like I talked about how very often priests and people can be kind of opposed to each other. Um, this is part of our shtick on clerically speaking. We joke about it with clericalism stuff, but it's also, you know, can be true. Sometimes people assume that, um, and not even necessarily assume wrongly that uh, sometimes priests are just out of touch with what people really need or whatever. Um, and priests can be very frustrated with their people because they only hear about the complaints. And the, at the end of the talk, I wrapped it by saying, you guys have to love each other. People loving people, people loving priests, priests loving people, because we're all we got. Like, really, at the end of the day, we are what we have, for better or for worse. We are family, and yes, we're going to fight, um, but, like, we have to work really hard to love each other. We need to be the proof um, that God loves us by loving each other. Um, so that's kind of like my final admonition to the parish. Um, so that was, so, yeah. So your final admonition to this parish of Canadians yeah. is that they should apologize to each other more often. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I have, I have heard you are people who say sorry. I want yeah, you to exactly, say sorry exactly. all the more. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's good. You did a good yeah. job. I'm proud of you.
I was it was a lot of fun and um I was uh, overall happy with it. So that's great. Well, I'm happy that I got to hear the the abridged version because yeah. I, I don't know if I could have done three full Father Anthony talks three days in a row. It was a lot. It felt like a lot. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It, yeah, I I have been the person that has given three talks in a day or two days or three days, and yeah. I'm done hearing me talk too. So, mm-hmm. uh, ironically enough, we're gonna talk about that a little bit whenever we come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As you may know, Forte Catholic is a non-profit 501c3 organization, and we live by your donations. Uh, the We've got kind of got a three-pronged pr- approach here. We create our own stuff uh, for you to listen to and enjoy. We've got our podcast, our YouTube channel. Uh, our second prong is that we help other Catholic creatives create their stuff, their YouTube videos, their podcasts. And then uh, finally, uh, we do events and speak and lead worship at parishes. So uh, what I would like to ask you today is, do you like what we're doing here? If you do, we could really use your help. We could use some financial support. Uh, things have been pretty lean here at the beginning of 2023, and we could use your your, uh, your financial gifts. So the best way to do that is to go to fortecatholic.com slash donate. There you can give a tax deductible donation, whether it's a one-time gift to help us get through the beginning of this year, or the best way to help us would be to give a monthly donation, just to kind of help us cover our costs for all the things that we are doing here, really to help me feed my kids and to help me employ our new employee. So uh, head on over to fortecatholic.com slash donate. We would really appreciate it, especially if you've been listening to the show for a while and want to give back. Um, we, we just want to keep creating great things here for you to listen to, to help other Catholic creators and to help all the people that we can at events through our, our speaking and music and, and, and uh, retreats and all that sort of thing. So uh, fortecatholic.com slash donate if you're feeling generous today. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I'm Taylor Stroll. That's Father Anthony. Nope. Just Anthony Scaramucci. Just Anthony. It's plain old Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> um, I have some most mostly questions about morality. I have some morality questions. And I was going to start with mine, but there's there's a theme picking up in, in at the, towards the end of that last segment. Okay. I also have some morality questions, uh, too, particularly uh, about priests. Would you like to start with my questions about uh, like general people, which could be the, mostly the laity, or about yeah. priests in particular? Let's start with general people, and then we'll go to special people. Gen- <laughs> general people. <laughs> All right. Regular people <laughs> Regular and then special people. Okay, so I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I played basketball this past Monday, and I haven't. I have been actively walking more and more to try to lose weight, and I and I have. Uh, I've I put some of it back on, but you know now I'm kind of back on the horse, and I'm walking again. I'm starting to lose weight again, um, but because of like past injuries and stuff, I am pretty weary, leery, whatever the right word is, to like sprint. Because every sure. time I sprint, even if I do all the things that I'm supposed to, it's just all these old injuries and all this scar tissue on my hamstrings and stuff or whatever. I'll twist an ankle or I pull a hamstring and then I'm stuck on my butt for three weeks and I can't do anything. So mm-hmm. I've been mostly just walking and a little bit of lifting. But uh, basketball is a fun way for me to like sprint. And it's like, yes, I could get hurt, but I don't get hurt as much playing basketball because it's short sprints yeah. and not okay. like I'm not sprinting 100 meters. Right. Yeah. Um, so I found out that my pastor... I, I used to play every Monday night with a group of guys at our our the school, the school where I coach at. Uh, and that the group that I played with quit around COVID. Then a new group has started up that my pastor's in and kind of the, you know, the 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 leader of. Right. Uh, yeah. And I found out that he was playing. So I walked up to him 
after mass and I shook his yeah. hand and bef- you know, before I said anything nice, I, I was just, yeah. I hear you're having secret basketball games and your best player isn't there. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, he texted me an hour later. I, I, I we joked around or whatever. I texted him an hour later or he texted me an hour later and got me all into the to text group and everything. So sure. here I am guarding my pastor. And I was like, <laughs> I, I am. I'm a good basketball player, but I'm also sure. incredibly out of shape. Like, even though I am in pretty good walking shape at this point, because it's what I've been doing and I've been losing yeah. weight, my, you know, I my all the problems that I typically have with plantar fasciitis and my ankle, I'm, I'm taking care of myself when it comes to walking, but I haven't sprinted in a very long time. And now we're playing three on three or four on four half court games where I'm guarding my pastor. And I learned something about my pastor. I didn't know. I knew uh, we've talked before because I was like, yeah college sprinter he was he was a very good distance runner so we have bonded over running before but he's been playing for a year because he was a little bit not out of shape but uh, you know out of sprinting shape right but they've been playing for a while so he got his lungs and his legs back under him Mm -hmm. so the dude never stops moving (laughs) (laughs) i guarded him for like an hour and 45 minutes and i did not stop moving right so naturally when i play basketball a little bit of actual Taylor comes out. A little yeah. bit of anger. A little bit of uh, reversion back to when I played sports. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of more colorful language. Um, Absolutely. Uh, maybe uh, if not, uh, maybe into uh, some of the uh, actual Ten Commandments being broken. Um, <laughs> well, so here I am guarding my past stealing the ball stealing the ball is not covering your neighbor's goods that doesn't count just so uh, that's the question <laughs> no it's more about taking the lord's name in vain was what i was getting to uh, <laughs> okay. whilst guarding my pastor like yeah amazing it, it was it, it got pretty awkward at a couple of times because yeah. you know how like you always have that thing where like you commit a sin that you've done multiple times before and you feel bad about it 20 minutes later 30 minutes later, an hour later, a day later, like depending on what you did and the situation, the circumstances, yeah. how your spiritual life is going. Sometimes, sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's never been as immediate than when I'm guarding the pastor. Yeah. Because I'm like everything that I'm saying while guarding you, I'm going to have to tell you again on Thursday from four to six 30 in the confessional. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> such a funny moment where i'd be like beep beep and then i would yeah. cuss again because i realized i cussed in front of him <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 god i mean gosh i mean guard i mean i don't know i don't know what to say, what to say. it was yeah. just a very funny uh, uh that's great moral conundrum with my pastor so it was kind of funny of like i i did ask him i was like how do i word this whenever i come to confession because i'm like uh can i blame you at all because I wouldn't have been cussing if I wasn't guarding you. If I was guarding somebody else that wasn't moving around constantly, I probably yeah. wouldn't have cussed as much. So mm-hmm. I, I just asked. So if, if if it was you, if you were that pastor, meaning you were actually good at basketball and somewhat coordinated, if you were this person, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, how do I even approach that? Because I, I think the correct answer is I – just simply go in and say, I took the Lord's name in vain this many times. I, I cussed. Uh, do I have to say anything about in the presence of a priest? Or, I mean, or, or do I just go, you were there. You know what I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't right, 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 right. Okay. So, so first of all, I mean, 
gonna let you guys know a secret if you haven't figured this out already. Um, I think it's hilarious when my very presence as a priest makes someone feel uncomfortable. So like when someone like says a bad word and they immediately like get red in the face because they don't know me, <laughs> and they, but they know I'm a priest. I find it hilarious every single time to see the agony of when someone is like nervous. Or, it's hilarious. Love it. Okay. That being said, that being said, uh, I think I, you know, I draw a line personally between saying bad words and taking the Lord's name in vain. I think those are categorically different. Um, I think saying like a quote unquote curse word um, that can be impolite, that can be imprudent in certain situations. It could be like, you don't want to say that during mass, right? Um, but if you're cranky during a ball game and you say a quote unquote bad word, I don't know. That doesn't strike me simple. If you take the Lord's name in vain, I think straight up that's definitely a sin. Um, okay. So um, I don't want to know. Yeah, I would just keep it general saying like I took the Lord's name in vain. Because um, sometimes people will say stuff or confess stuff to me um, where I was involved in the situation. And it's just very awkward, right? Because I can't pretend like I know. It's like it's very or. Just don't do that. Don't bring me into you. Don't bring me into the sins. I'm already in the confessional with you. You know, like just or someone like this will happen. So I sit it's a down. I'm just like I cussed out a random priest that you may yeah. or may not know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's a worse sin because you did it in the presence of a priest. It's just it's the same amount of sin, I get, uh, in my opinion. Um, but like there'll be times where like you know somebody will be like you know, was mad at me. And in the confessional, they say, you know, I was I was mad at you and I shouldn't have been. It's like, I don't want to know that. Just say you're mad at somebody. It's just very awkward for me. OK, so definitely just keep it general. What was your part? You took the Lord's name in vain. Right. <laughs> I don't need any more context. Um, that being said, if you were to probably say the context, I would secretly find it kind of funny. <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah. there <laughs> it would be pretty funny if you were like, uh, I took the Lord's name in vain twice during a basketball game. And he was just like three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, correcting me on my <laughs> your penance. Your penance is uh, do some wind sprints, actually. Because yeah, wow, for, you're out of shape. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Um, it was very funny, and he laughed about. That it. is great. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. I have a what? It is a question that I have had about my relationships with other people, and mm -hmm. it's it has been a theme that has popped up, not just for me where I have been on both sides of this issue, but other people are asking about this issue for themselves. And okay. I'm not sure 100% if it falls under the morality category, but I kind of think it actually does. Here's okay. the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to ask a question that is impossible to answer, and then I will clarify it. Cool. Is it a sin to talk too much? Is And I don't mean by like gossip, but I mean like in a conversation with people. Mm -hmm. uh, is it a sin to talk too much? Meaning, is it prideful to take over the conversation? Is it lacking some kind of self-awareness to talk too much? Uh, I, I think I, I brought this up uh, a little bit, like kind of after we were coming back from like the initial COVID where we were all locked up for a while, you know, where like I came back and all the only conversations I ever had were with a camera <laughs> and yeah. I, I wasn't talking to human people. So then I was talking to human people again, and I was like, wait, you can talk back? I wasn't aware of that. I forgot I used to, about that part. <laughs> I used to podcast where I just talk and say things, and then I, you, know, you hear it a week later. You, know, like, you don't even yeah, respond. Yeah. You know? so, but I have been noticing that uh, what's funny is in the podcasting world, so like I like it to be kind of balance where we're, our goal sure. is 50-50, right? Where typically I come into the show and I have a lot on my chest. So the first segment, 
might be about 60 to 70% me and mm-hmm. 30 to 40% you. So it does kind of uh, sway towards me a lot, right? Sure. But then typically in the second segment, we'll either play a game or we'll do a topic that the, that the co-host has. So yeah. in the last segment, you talked about 60 to 70% of the time. I talked about 30-ish or whatever, right? Yeah. So there's some balance there. And I would imagine this segment's a lot of question and answer where it's like, I set the thing up and then you answer. So it is, it, I, 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 I can physically see it. Because yeah. when I'm done with it, I can see your audio track. I can see my audio track. And by the end, you know, if it's around 50-50, then I think we had a good show. Sure. Uh, Sometimes, like one of the reasons that we don't have a lot of guests anymore is a lot of times, whether it's either pride or not knowing what to do or just nerves. And I think it could be an, the guests will talk for 90% of the interview. It's just like, that's not what people came to listen to, right? <laughs> um, so, it, yeah. It's this like self-awareness thing, this pride thing, this like, well, I mean, I am the person kind of driving the boat. So if I talk 50 to 60 and you talk 50 to 40, then I'm good. But if I'm mm-hmm. talking 80 and you're talking 20, it's probably yeah. not going to be good for the dynamic of the show. It's probably not. You, you probably wouldn't have stuck around for five years, that sort of thing. So it's been um, that long. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, so d- with that context, do you think that talking c- too much could be a sin or is it just a personal problem? You know what? It's this is actually funny because I've been reading up on this lately. I've been getting back into the Desert Fathers, um, and they've they have a lot to say about this. And basically, the perspective of these Desert Fathers, these um, uh, monks who basically went out into the desert to be alone uh, and to, uh, in a more intense way, try to live out poverty. Um, were they poverty? What is it? <laughs> My brain. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, out- it, it, it's poverty. Yes. Living under a, uh, a socialist regime and poverty, obedience, and and uh, and, uh, and uh, always tying your shoes. That, that's- exactly the the evangelical councils <laughs> tying your shoes, being communist, and being poor. <laughs> no socialist socialism. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Wow. Um, anywho, so uh, they have a lot to say about this, and and they're basically for them. What I gather from reading a lot of the sayings is. Speaking is basically always a near occasion of sin for these people because it's from um, talking that, yeah, you can get wrapped up in your own pride, um, that uh, you can when you're having a conversation and people are listening to you, you kind of want to keep talking. So maybe you are delving into pride. We've all had those moments where like we've been having a conversation and trying to talk and we end up lying about something. So either we can seem smart or seem like we know what we're doing. Or like, yes, I definitely heard you, even though I didn't. I, I don't have the humility to like say, can you say that again? Um, a gossip, you know, how how awful, um, how it's very, very difficult in a group of people not to gossip. So they kind of see conversation um, as basically a near occasion of sin, which is a little bit extreme. I think it's a little bit of an extreme view. They're also um, a little crazy. They wouldn't live by themselves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I do think it points to something that like in general. Uh, it, it, the safer thing to do is to listen. And if I think about my job as a priest, the most important things I do, like, yes, I love preaching and talking and podcasting, whether I'm a priest or not on the podcast, up right. for debate. Um, but uh, Oh, I don't think it's up for debate. I think you're just coming to the realization. <laughs> just regular Anthony. Okay. Um, uh, it's my alter ego, Scaramucci. Um, that's Anywho, um, but like the, some of the most profound and, and and biggest healing moments in my ministry are when I'm listening to people. You know, in the confessional, I'm not doing a lot of talking. Um, in in counseling, a lot of times I'm not doing a lot of talking. 
Um, it's that deep listening that's a, a more important part of those really intense times of my ministry when I'm, you know, talking to people who have had a loved one die or who are struggling in the spiritual life. As a spiritual director, I do a lot more listening. Um, and if you are more careful with how you choose your words, and if you make sure you're aware that the other person may have some things to say, um, that's an act of charity toward the other person. So I think you're onto something. Um, is talking a whole lot always you know, going to be a sin? I don't think it's that cut and dry. But I think we could all be more careful about how we use our words. Last thing that they'll, the reason why they'll say, like, if you're struggling with lust or you're struggling with other things, a good penance is two things. One, uh, be careful with what you eat. And two, be careful with how much you talk. By kind of like fasting and by being more careful with your words and listening more, you end up building an interior discipline. So that's kind of their perspective. Uh, so I think you're onto something, but I wouldn't say talking a whole bunch is necessarily a sin, but sometimes it can be a lack of charity. Sometimes gossiping is a sin. Um, you know, if your friend came up to you and said, like, my grandma died, and you're like, cool, let me talk to you about this sandwich I just ate. Like, that's a lack of charity that may be even simple. Like, dude, what do you, like, listen to this person? So I think there's something to that. I'm going to whisper what I really want to do. What I really want to do is just like not actually talk again. And the show just ends and it just like plays the music and it doesn't come back. I became increasingly <laughs> aware that I was giving a monologue as I was giving the monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it was I, very I, awkward. I did too. It was very funny is I literally tried to jump in twice and you were like, no, one more thing. <laughs> I know. See, exactly. It's <laughs> it so funny. But uh, I, I guess my primary pushback to okay. your answer is, being your answer from the desert fathers is their, their whole thing was that they weren't living in community. And like, I live in a community, but I, I have, a, you know, I, I understand complementarity because I'm a married person. Right. So like mm -hmm. the whole idea of things being 50, 50 of like, yes, the desert fathers, if they're in a conversation would probably listen 80% of the time and talk 20 or yeah. I'll be seeing the confessional or whatever. You're, you're not going right. to be like, well, here's what I did. You know, like it's not a reciprocal. <laughs> it's not a sharing session <laughs> right, with you. Exactly. Bruce. That'd be really weird. <laughs> uh, but like in normal conversation or in a yeah. podcast or in a conversation outside of the church after mass or whatever, it's like, you want those things to be some sense of justice, which is a weird word to bring into this conversation, but like some sense of balance, right? Where it's like, yeah, I want things to be 50, 50 ish. Right. And yeah. I think there's some, there's something to say about like being, I've read leadership books that say like, you know, I, I've heard that uh, there was this one guy, uh, he was a military guy and what, what it was it a coin or poker chips. I can't remember what it was, but he'd go into like meetings where he's like the CEO of all these companies and are on the boards, all these companies. And he had these little poker chips or coins and he brought three of them in every meeting and he would just, nobody really knew what they were, but yeah. he would own, th that was the amounts of times he was allowing himself to talk. Every time that he talked, he put down one of the coins yeah. or, or, or poker chips, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And he only had two more left. So he was like saving them for when he really thought that he was going to bring something to the conversation and all that sort of thing. Right. I yeah. get that. That's like really high level stuff, but at the same time, it's like, that's not my normal life. I'm talking about my normal life. And I think what most people's normal lives yeah. are it's like, you have times where you're going to listen more. Like when somebody is grieving, you're not going to take over the conversation. I don't think even I'd take over the conversation when that happens. Right. I'm just like, yeah. I'm sorry. You let them listen. You know, or, you know, I literally said you let them listen. No, I, you let them talk. I listen. But like in normal conversation, I have, I have left multiple normal conversations with friends, with when I'm coaching, when I'm uh, in, in marriage, in, in our marriage prep with our, like I've left multiple conversations where I'm like, I hijacked that conversation. 
mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have, right? But then mm-hmm. I've been more attuned to it, and I just had a conversation earlier today where the other person took over the conversation. I was like bored halfway yeah. through, and then we had the th- another thirty minutes to just listen to this guy talk. And I'm just like, I'm not that interested in you. I'm just, I'm just not right. Uh, uh, but then like there was at the same time so i'm seeing it in myself i'm seeing it in, in uh, people interacting with me because i'm kind of have my uh, i'm looking for these things right yeah. then i got an email from a very good podcaster that that i work with that i like work on their show and it's pretty similar to this show it is uh, ho- primary host co-host yeah. and then sometimes guests right yeah. where the primary host does talk 50 to 60 percent of the time and the co-host talks 50 to 40% of the time, just depending on the conversation. Right. Because there's a little bit of quote unquote, like hosting of like, I do the welcome into the show. I go to the breaks. Like there's going to be a little bit more that I'm saying, but when we're actually having a conversation, I do want it to be 50, 50 because I don't want to just, Hey, Anthony, you want to come record with me for an hour and a half? And I just talk to you for like, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. That's not not what conversations are. Um, But this person was worried. They were like, Hey, I've been getting some feedback on the podcast that, I'm talking too much. Hmm. And I was like, I'm listening to this and I've never once even had the thought. And I've been working on the show for years. I never once had the thought that he was talking too much. And yeah. when they, when they like, when it's him and co-host, it's 50, 50 to 60 or and 40 to 50 host yeah. and co-host. Right. When they have a guest, it's like 30% him, 40% guest, or no, sorry, 40% him, 40% guest, and maybe 20% co-host or whatever yeah and he's like i feel like you know people are, i'm like dude it works it just works you have yeah. been doing the show together you found what works that guy, the other co-host is giving these great insights the perfect time whenever whenever it needs to happen the yeah. guests you're highlighting the guests and you're driving the show and it was just this weird thing of like finding this balance between i don't want to talk too much but i also don't want to I still have roles to play. I'm still the head yeah. coach of the track team. I'm still the primary host of the show. I'm still the one giving talks at the, at the retreat. Like I am yeah. going to talk more, but I don't want to overdo it. So it's just been this weird thing of like, I don't know what's right. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I bring up the desert fathers is like, um, just kind of like religious or just like uh, other saints, they're extreme examples that can temper what we normally think. So normally yeah, yeah. we don't think too much about our talking. Right. Um, so the fact that you're just even aware of it, I think that's the right thing to approach it as, like just to be um, aware because uh, out of charity to the other person. And yeah, also, you know, it's funny with that feedback. Um, sometimes listeners just have favorites and they want to hear the person they like more talk. And that doesn't mean you should change your show. <laughs> it doesn't mean you should, you know, it's, it's, you got to ignore that stuff sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think as long as you are aware of it, I wouldn't, I don't think you should obsess over it. But just checking yourself. I, I think there is a, a moderation in this. Um, uh, but I think like the initial worry, am I talking too much? Can that be a bad thing? I think the answer to that is yes. Absolutely it can be. Um, and uh, the fact that you are aware of it and are working on it, that's a sign that like <laughs> you're not a narcissist, right? Because like if, if if you didn't care about this sort of thing, then like you wouldn't care about people. Um, so I think it's a good thing to just watch out for every once in a while. We have had, yeah, we've had so many times on this show with yeah. conversations with you, conversations with Liv, conversations yeah. with Catherine, conversations with Allison, where we come to the point of like, Taylor, you're almost a narcissist, but 
But right when you get up to the cusp of narcissists, you come right back down. <laughs> it's just very funny how close I get. And then I just go <laughs> right below it. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's it's just, I mean, it's going to be as an extrovert, it's going to be something that you deal with in a way that introverts don't so much. Um, so it all depends. But yeah, I think just being aware of it and checking it, I think that's a good thing. Good. Uh, well, speaking of talking too much, we've talked too much today. Uh, Holy crap, so we have. I have one more morality question for lay people and i think for everybody that okay. well, I'll, i'm gonna save for next month because it has to be a conversation that i have with you but all right i do want to end the show with my two silly priest ones okay all right let's do all it. right um call back all the way to the beginning of the show when we were talking yeah. about your psychotic break on clerically speaking mm -hmm. one of the things that you were yelling about that makes you mad yeah i 100 percent know where it comes from okay absolutely comes from me <laughs> Which, which thing? One, one of the things that you were yelling about was you were like, you were talking about how you were like, I feel like I need to be perfect. And if I say one bad thing, it's not just a priest saying a bad thing. It's Jesus <laughs> saying a bad thing to somebody. And that's 100% from me because it's how I told you that I view the priesthood, right? And I've had, when I have a great experience with a priest, I get closer to Jesus. When I have a bad experience <laughs> with a priest, it affects me and I'm broken and we have all acknowledged this, but it was very funny that you said that i said oh no i'm part of this <laughs> you are you are a small part of it taylor it's, not, it's believe it or not it's more than just you it's very funny that you mentioned that though because i forgot yeah <laughs> yeah i was like oh no i think he has me in mind right now and it's like it's not a thing again the almost arts thing that's not a th it's not like i'm listening to clerical spot like oh he's talking about me or he's thinking about me all the time yeah but you said that and i go oh no i've broken him <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome because it's, it's funny we you and I have talked about it. It's been a theme in my life because we yeah. had some rough times with priests here. And the healing that I got first came through you, yeah. God working through you, just being a normal priest that can be my friend. And now yeah. my pastor, who I'm cussing at playing basketball, uh, he's Good. been part of the healing progress too because it's like my pain came through the priesthood. And yeah. so, like, I needed, like, I needed to find healing through there, right? Um, yeah, but, um, I have so, I have a moral question along those lines. Okay. Okay. Um, it's not really a moral question. I'm just shoehorning this in. Bad <laughs> chanting at mass when a priest yeah. chants the mass, yeah. which we know that you've done because we've made fun of you on it about right. it on, on this show before. Yeah. Bad <laughs> chanting at mass mm -hmm. makes me think less of Jesus. And again, this might be this. I, I'm I'm not saying this isn't partly my fault too, right? But when a priest who, yeah. when do we say a priest is in persona Christi? We've been joking about you not being a priest during this podcast. Yeah, exactly. But when you're literally chanting the Eucharistic prayers, you are 100% yeah. in persona Christi at those moments. Like if there's any ever any doubt at any other moment, if you were chanting that and you're telling me as a trained singer that that's what Jesus sounds like, you just made me think less of Jesus. <laughs> Dang, um, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Now, I, I mean, I don't. Um, um, so, like, I think I am a, a solid B minus chanter. I think I can chant, and it doesn't ruin the liturgy. And sometimes it even helps it. Okay, I, I, I do think like if you're a priest and you can't chant, don't. That being said, if I have to like measure up to a trained singer who actually like does this professionally which you kind of basically do i think that's unfair 
I mean, Jesus is working with what he's got. He's like singing through a broken kazoo. Okay, that's it's it's, <laughs> that's, that's a great image. Yeah, I just picture you know? Jesus on a kazoo. So now you've broken me even more. Every time I hear a bad chanting at mass now, I'm a picture of Jesus playing the kazoo, and it's gonna yes. bring me so much joy. It's gonna solve the problem. You you fixed it. I brought a problem to you, and you fixed it. None of us <laughs> thought that that's how it was gonna be fixed, but you did it. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it because like. And, and, and it's one of those things are some, some people are not blessed with a great voice. Some people are not blessed with a good voice. Some people legitimately have a bad voice. I think yeah. what drives me crazy about it more than actually bad singing is like when I know that the priest can sing better mm. and for whatever reason, they're not singing their best that like, honestly, that's what bothers me more than it just being bad. Now it, a bad singer doing it at their best can still bother me. I'm not going to sure. lie, right? But what bothers me even more is when, like, I don't even know if I can do it. Like, because, like, I, yes, I'm a professionally trained singer, but I feel like a lot of people who have a good singing voice, who are a lot of priests who have a good singing voice, will not use their best singing voice, I guess, out of humility, and it pisses me off. No, no, I think it's because sometimes we phone it in. And so, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's what it is sometimes. So, like, if if your cantor were to phone it in, you'd be outraged. But if the priest phones it in, you're like, oh, he's a priest. And that's a double standard that May I think ticks you God off. God bless and keep you. May God's face shine on you. That's what y'all sound like. <laughs> when we know it can be pretty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what, yeah. Mm, I'm not going to disagree. So I thought it was very funny that I thought of that after I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I can bring this up anymore because I might have broken him. <laughs> it's a mutual breaking. A mutual yeah. breaking. Um, okay. Finally, a real question that, uh, it, it, again, in the ballpark of morality, but it's, this is more, that was a, kind of a silly question. This was yeah. more real. Um, one of the things that priests, the like whisper prayers, which we've talked about, the secret prayers that the priests uh, whisper yes. to themselves or whatever. I actually them, am praying it to God, but okay. No, uh, are you? Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you might be phoning it in during there too, but um, but sure, you will agree. Yeah. You're praying to God. Yeah. Okay. Um, it says one of the things that you say while you're, I think, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just while you're washing your hands. Mm-hmm. in the water, like around the Eucharistic prayer, cleanse me of my sins and heal me of my iniquities. Okay. Lord, wash away my sins and heal me of my iniquities. So, Lord, wash yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, cleanse me of my iniquities, something like that. Yeah. So I was, um, I, I've heard it a, a bunch. You don't hear it every mass because sometimes some priests do say it in their heads. Some people, yeah. some will whisper it, but they have the mic right here. So you can kind of right. hear it. And some people will yeah. like actually say it out loud. Sometimes it's even different because the offertory hymn might be still going on, like whatever. Right. But I don't hear it every week, but for whatever reason, I've heard it a lot before, but for whatever reason, a couple weeks ago, it really hit me where it's a priest. I always heard that like the washing of the hands is symbolic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the the water and being cleansing. It's like, we don't believe that that water actually cleanses your sins. Like baptism, actually the sure. water yeah. and the baptism cleanses your sins, right? But does that prayer, because like you said, you're not whispering it to yourself. You're praying to God. Cleanse me of my sins and heal me of, of my iniquities. Does that actually, like, like, is that prayer answered? Are your sins actually forgiven as a priest at that moment? Because it's what you are asking God to do. So at that moment in the mass, whenever you say, cleanse me yeah. of my sins and heal me of my iniquities, are your sins forgiven as a priest at that moment? 
Yeah, because uh, in that moment, uh, some things have already happened at Mass. Like, I've already said my homily, and during my homily, there are several people who have looked down at their watch, have uh, sighed and looked at me, and I have wanted to fight them in my heart. And so I have committed a sin in that moment. So the washing of my hands and praying that prayer is specifically for me judging all of you during the first half of Mass. And so I need another time to be forgiven. So that's what that part's for. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, this is a callback to your clerical spot, clerical pod, uh, psychotic break. Which yeah. my favorite response to that is, yeah, we were at retreat together last summer, yeah. and we're going to be in Rome together this summer. And yeah. guess who was in charge of their schedule both of those times? There it's might a be me. a fight. There might be uh, a fight. <laughs> no, I have. I, I'm just going to say. All I'm going to say. My only response is, I have checked my watch, my phone, multiple times during your masses, and you did nothing. You coward. <laughs> you're you're willing to fight the small people but you can't ain't coming at me bro you scaredy cat it's all i could think about when i was listening to that it's like i yeah. did that already and he did yeah. nothing. okay well i mean in your case i assumed it was because you were planning the scheduling things which is still a little bit rude but it wasn't out of frustration for me that being said who knows what happens who knows what will happen on our pilgrimage who knows so if you want to come if you want to see me and father anthony possibly fight at almost any day of the of, of the uh, we still have spots. maybe, like, maybe we, every we, day maybe a few yeah. times a day we fight <laughs> <laughs> i could do this all day by the end we're just like, i hear no bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh com slash travel if you want to come to rome with us we are going we're very excited uh you can still register fortycatholic.com slash travel so okay you gave the silly answer now i want the real answer does that prayer actually forgive your sins uh you know i never thought of it that way um i think it's more of a reminder like yeah it's a prayer that god will you know forgive my sins in the future or my sinfulness but there's a lot of reminders a lot of those little prayers are just the priest almost reminding himself and asking god to help him remember that he's a terrible sinner he's about to do something he's unworthy of so that's more of how I see it. Also, very practically speaking, now that I use incense at most of my masses, it does have more of a practical effect to wipe the soot off my fingers, to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> to me of my soot and wash me of all of this incense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's not uh, maybe it does cleanse venial sins. I've never really thought of it that deeply about. But yeah. um it, it was yeah. just one of the things, like you joked about like sins that you have committed during the homily or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, look at people. But it's like we we all know that the confidior. The the through my fault through my fault through my screws fault like you know beating your chest three times that yeah. prayer uh, forgives venial sins for all of us like the right. whole congregation and everything right I mean there's uh, so many things that forgive venial sins that probably the hand washing counts too right it was it was just I was like what venial sin have you committed in the last twenty minutes Father easily <laughs> judgments <laughs> frustration it was, yeah. it was just very funny I'd never thought about it before I was like why yeah. do you need this what have you done we've all been staring at you how did you sin without us seeing it. <laughs> Because we're really good at it. <laughs> we're really good at it. Well, good. I, I, we had a good show today. You were in a yeah, good mood. Um, I, I ended up having a few more bones to pick than I thought, but we got yeah. there. We had a good time. We had a long episode, so I, I think it's very funny that we talked too much in this episode. We did. We did. <laughs> Holy crap, look at the time. Well, uh, that's that's all that, that you have for me. That is all from layperson Anthony Scaramucci. Until next month, that's all from me. Until next week, I'll be back. And I love you. And I don't know how to sign off. And I'm talking too much. And Father Anthony's waving. And we're going to leave now. Bye! <laughs> you made it through the whole podcast and you broke at the very end. See ya! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Come to
you guys for watching and listening today. I really do appreciate it. I hope that you enjoyed that fun show. Father Anthony was in a great mood. We had a good time. We're here on a Friday during spring break. We're just chilling. We hope that uh, it'll help you or it has helped you relax and have a good laugh with us. Uh, we're praying for you here this Lent. We just thank you for all of your support, for watching and listening. If you want to uh, do some, what's that word? Almsgiving here in this Lenten season, you can always support us with a one-time gift or a monthly donation at fortecatholic.com slash, what is it? fortecatholic.com slash donate. That's how you do it. So uh, thank you guys so much. Hit subscribe, share the episode with somebody that you think will enjoy it. Love you. We'll see you soon.